What's up, Black family? Sadat here. Got Brother Lasmore here with some good content. It's about 93 minutes, so be prepared. We're going to be here for a minute. Well, well this should tell Nigeria, Nigeria or something. something. But, but it, it probably, probably won't. You know, it seems it don't get through to you people. people. It's it's people make drastic moves. Now, Saudi Arabia just did the unimaginable to Nigeria by canceling the visas of 264 Nigerian visitors. In other words, you niggas are not allowed. And the ones that are are going to be very hard to get in. You see, this is what I've been telling you is coming to happen. But you niggas, yeah, you niggas, not the black folks, I'm talking about the niggas. The ones who are lazy and shift for silly ass in Nigeria, let this guy tell Sununu, Tununu, or whatever his name is, run this country in the ground for 40 fucking years. And guess what's happened? He was there when they decided to cancel these visas. He was in, in, in Saudi Arabia having a meeting of African summits. And at the time he was there, they showed this nigga no respect. What they did was, they told him his people ain't welcome there. While he's sitting there kissing their ass, trying to think he wanted the motherfucking white man. I've told you people before, these Arabs are white. They're just white. They're a different form of European, but they're white. They're the lower form of European because they're in the southern part of Europe. And you niggas, you still think that they're some kind of, you know, like they Muslims or not. They don't mean shit to them. But I'll let you hear this for yourself. ...went to their lowest possible level after something unexpected happened. Nigerian authorities immediately contacted Saudi authorities, asking for an explanation for their actions. In turn, Saudi Arabia did not offer much detail, leading to a cold battle-like situation between the two countries. But what did Saudi Arabia do to the Nigerians? How targeting the people of Nigeria has become a new Saudi policy, laying the groundwork for a conflict that can escalate. In this video, let's find out how Saudi Arabia did the unthinkable to Nigerians, causing nationwide grievances. Let's get started. Diplomatic ties between Saudi Arabia and Nigeria are under scrutiny after 177. Nigerians were denied entry to Saudi Arabia at the airport. Nigeria's foreign ministry revealed that only 87 of the 264. Nigerian nationals arriving in Jeddah on an airpiece flight were allowed entry. The rest had their visas canceled and were deported. Reports indicate that some passengers were pilgrims intending to perform the Umrah in Mecca, the Islamic holy city. The widespread visa cancellations coincided with Nigeria's President Bola Tinubu being in Saudi Arabia for bilateral talks with the Saudi government. Following public outcry on social media, the Saudi embassy in Nigeria clarified that the affected passengers had not met the entry conditions and had provided incorrect information for a visa category not applicable to them. However, more underlying reasons hint at worsening relations between the two countries. Even if the Nigerian president was in Saudi Arabia at that time, the kingdom gave a subtle sign showing what it actually wanted to do with Nigeria. Saudi Arabia mandates specific travel documents, Umrah or Hajj visas for pilgrimage, 
preventing holders of tourist visas from performing Hajj or Umrah during the Hajj season, according to regulations by the Ministry of Hajj and Umrah. The type of visas held by the deported Nigerians remains unclear. Airpeace, the Nigerian carrier, expressed surprise at Saudi Arabia revoking the visas upon arrival, stating it strictly adhered to profiling procedures mandated by Saudi authorities. The airline emphasized that all passengers' visas were verified before departure, with no prior notice of cancellation or denial from Saudi authorities. However, the Saudi statement clarified that the cancellations were not exclusive to Nigerian citizens, urging all passengers to ensure their documents comply with the conditions before traveling to the kingdom. Even if the kingdom is explaining, the incident is being called a diplomatic slap on Nigeria's face. Commentators have labeled the recent incident as a significant embarrassment for Nigeria, particularly as its president remained in Saudi Arabia following his participation in the Saudi Africa summit. In just three months. Yeah. I should tell you something. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. You know why you don't want you there? Because you act like motherfucking savages. Now, you people in Nigeria, I know you don't like to hear that. But, but you know it. It's the truth. You act like motherfucking savages. You know, everywhere in the world you find, you've just embarrassed your people, your country, and you don't seem to give a fuck. Your president don't give a fuck because he don't educate you motherfuckers. He don't spend no money in the country. Everything is going out. Nothing's coming in. No schools, no education, no shit. Only the elite get that, right? The chosen few, not the populace. Your country is polluted and, and God, what else? Everybody takes advantage of it. The reason they take advantage, you know why? Because they know you niggas ain't going to do shit. You got Boko Haram running around killing off motherfucking people, old villages burning up Christians and all that goddamn shit. And you got one that supposedly one of the, I guess you ain't got one. You got an army that can't do shit. It's ineffective. You bought defective goddamn uh, planes and ammunitions from America. The shit don't work. But you spent a billion dollars on it when they took it from you. And you dumbass motherfuckers still sit there with this old ass 90 year old motherfucking man and his 90 year old cohorts running the country with 300 some million people almost. And you stupid motherfuckers ain't got enough sense to get off your ass and change it. But you still want to run to everybody else's goddamn country and they don't want your motherfucking ass. You have nothing to offer. You come there acting ignorant. You don't, you don't know shit. You don't want shit. And they don't want you. You know, there's a matter of time before these, these white people get tired of you. In Europe, they're tired of you. They're fucking sick and tired of you. I don't know if you nothing. All you black folks from America, they sick of you. And they can say these white people, they, they look at the Indonesia, do all the motherfuckers out, right? Get the fuck out, niggas. And what do you do? And see you people going back and changing the conditions in your countries that can afford it. You sit your motherfucking ass and run to some houses like motherfucking cowards. And you know, I don't blame them. Like I said, they could kill every one of you motherfuckers. I wouldn't say shit. Because it's time for the men to stand up and be men to overthrow that corrupt ass government, throw all the white motherfuckers out your country, get rid of them so-called terrorist Muslims. If you gotta kill off a whole goddamn village of them, a whole city, Show the motherfuckers you ain't playing this game. But you gotta do something because nobody else wants you. 
Now, you can sit there and play this game like, well, we scared of the army. Well, you know what? I have to tell you for the last half. Your motherfucking army and your motherfucking police departments are made up of the people that look like you, and they live there. They can be killed with that. None of you motherfuckers go out when they can be killed or persuaded to change their ways. That's up to you. But I'm glad these countries are clamping down on you guys. They're sick of you. You don't do shit. You just run away. And I know the ones who went to Saudi Arabia are probably the rich and elite. You know, playing this game, we going to for some holy thing here. They ain't going for that. They going to party. But they fooled you motherfuckers, didn't they? No party today. Oh, well. That's my take on it. I'm sorry to cuss at you so much. And I hate getting on Saudi Arabia, I mean, sorry, Nigeria so much. But it's just sickening that you people sit there on your ass and do nothing. You'd rather run to someone else's country, over, overflow their country with your bullshit because you got them too afraid to change in your own. You know, you're beggars. You got everything in your hand, but oh, I don't have nothing because you're a goddamn bunch of lazy fucking cows. So guess what? Everybody's sick of you. Clear up your shit so I can tell you. Oh, well. No niggas allowed. That's what it is. No niggas allowed. And Saudi Arabia no more. Now here's a tale of two, two countries. One, well actually three countries. One has been around, I think they had the independence since 1960 supposedly. They should have been independent from who knows how, how long ago, but that, that's another story. Anyways. What we have here is a failure to communicate. Now, this is Niger and Burkina Faso. Now, you know they both had revolts in their country in the last year. They kicked out the, the sellouts. And I hope Niger does the same thing Burkina Faso did. Get rid of every white motherfucker in that country, especially Americans and French and English. But all of them are the same. Just throw them out. You got to know how, knew how. If you work together, you're going to both become great countries. Along with, um, I think, Gabon. I don't know if Gabon wants to go all the way because they said it. That's another story. See, beginning for us, Mali. And with Mali. Anybody else wants to join? But this is the tale of two countries and how, how they've changed their environment for their people and their economies and how they're faster growing. And Nigeria is going backwards. And so is Ghana. But that's it. And the removal of French influence, Niger is projected to become the fourth fastest growing economy in the world by 2024 according to the World Economic Outlook. In addition, it will be the fastest growing economy in Africa. Similarly, Burkina Faso, led by Ibrahim Traoré, is expected to be the ninth fastest growing economy globally and the sixth fastest growing economy in Africa. It's worth noting the progress made by other African countries as well. Despite being in a state of war, Libya is also making significant strides. However, let's focus on Niger and Burkina Faso due to their remarkable achievements. 
When Niger increased the price of uranium from 0.80 euro per kilogram to 200 euro per kilogram immediately after rejecting France, critics mocked them. But now the tables have turned and the results speak for themselves. Just imagine French companies were selling Niger's uranium at $200 per kilogram while only giving Niger $11. <laughs> the significant difference between $200 and $11 is evident. This demonstrates the rising power of Africa and the positive trajectory these countries are on. Let's carefully watch this video for better understanding. Even our thieves are not patriotic. When they steal from Africa, they invest in Europe. They don't believe. The minister said, fix our own government governance system. The people in charge of governance system steal and invest elsewhere as an indictment or an affirmation of their own incompetence and incapacity. But the second bit is that, I think both uh, His Excellency Musa Faki, uh, Professor Lumumba, uh, and the Minister indicated, when you grow a disconnect between the people who give you legitimacy, who are the ultimate resource for the transformation of any nation, when you grow a disconnect between your culture, Amilcar Cabral said, every revolution is first a cultural revolution. There were 200 coups in Africa between 1965 and 2012. In the 1960s, there was at least one coup every 60 days. In the 1970s, barely 18 years after Ghana's independence, at least 85% of African states had some cool experience or the other. And West Africa accounted for almost 44% of those. Uh, I mean the coups between 1958 and 2008. There was a temporary reprieve in the period post-1990. Some academics have suggested this because Africa had become more democratic. I want to disabuse you of that notion because it's lazy intellectualism. What had changed was that Western interest in a unipolar world in changing regimes had dissipated. The West no longer needed to use force. There was no competitor, either ideological or otherwise. What had essentially happened, there was dominance of one set of interests. So as we reflect on unconstitutional change of government, it's not just mere tinkering at the local level, but it's also what explains the ouster of Nkrumah the assassination of Lumumba, the assassination of Sankara, the assassination of Amilcar Cabral, the assassination of Samora Machel, the house of Sekuture. What is the fact? That in a unipolar world, the appetite to change had dissipated. As we see greater polarization between the West, the East, and the Middle, we are going to see once again an intensification of interference. First African country got independent 1957. There is not a single Jewish person who will allow you to forget the Holocaust. And it's, in fact, there are crimes, not just in Israel, across the world against denial of the Holocaust. U.S. foreign policy, Israeli foreign policy, is very key. It's a central issue. Africans, for some reason, must forget something that happened 50 years ago, if you are Zimbabwe, 80 years ago. Listen, we must always remind our friends from Europe and elsewhere 
that slavery was a crime against humanity as is colonialism and neocolonialism. That killing Sankara in 1984 because you are opposed to communism and plunging his country into chaos that you are now trying to solve as a problem of poor governance is a shared responsibility. So we will take responsibility for our nakedness, but for goodness sake, for goodness sake, and a naked emperor cannot lecture us about how to be clothed. And I'll tell you the contradictions. When Europeans first came here, if you come to the south of the continent, uh, ladies did not wear long skirts, and they did not cover their top. Then they said, no, 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 that's indecent. So we covered everything, including the heads. <laughs> and then the Europeans have decided to go nude now. Now the dress code in Europe is pre-colonial Africa. And then when our kids try and dress up that way, we say it's an African. We are confused around ownership. So lastly, Chairperson, the taboos. You see, Chairperson, we need to talk about global anti-black racism, the treatment of African migrant laborers in the Middle East, in the Arab world and in the Asian world and in Europe is a matter for the African Union to constantly pronounce itself on. And I'm glad, Chairperson, you issued a statement on George Floyd, but I'm waiting for the African Union resolution from last January on reparations. There was a formal policy of the United States government in 2015 for reparations by companies behind the Holocaust. There needs to be the conversation of reparations is not to be settled by African political elites, right? Today, Zimbabwe is paying back white commercial farmers reparations. But when you talk about any reparations, it's like the black body is not worth repair. What we must do is endure, be resilient, go forward, don't look back, trudge on. But today, with the scramble of Africa that PLO was talking about, they will interfere here whether we put in place the right policies or we put in place the good governance. Why? They need the lithium. And if your right policy is not consistent with their green energy transition that they control, they will take you out and they will cause instability. We cannot do it as single countries. We are not uniting because it's the good thing to do. We are not uniting because it's the principled thing to do. If we don't unite, we will perish. If each one of our small countries, as economically unviable as we are, rush in order to prove distinctiveness, I'll tell you what will happen. We will be so fragmented intellectually, politically, our institutions will have no meaning. Let me end with uh, something more positive. Thursday, November 2nd, 2023, Rwanda's President Paul Kagame announced that all... Now, you've heard that. And he is so true. <coughs> what he's saying is what we all know. You can't do it individually because you got a better economy than mine. Mine is bigger than yours or mine is smaller than yours. Shouldn't matter. There should be open borders in Africa. Basically, that's what he's saying. Because if they catch his sleeping, if they catch one lacking, they're going to go after the weaker one. If the weaker one is not lacking, you're going to go after the stronger one. Either way, these white devils are going to come after you. The Arabs, the Jews, the West. You can't let that happen to more black Africa. The motherfuckers don't, you don't owe them nothing. 
you know, like you said, you know, we're so confused, even here in America. I sit here and I listen to these ignorant-ass people. The fact that we black or we American Indians or we, uh, what, Colombians are black or the, the Dominicans black. Oh, no, we're not African or we're not descendants of Africa. Oh, the American Indians were black people. You know, it's just, they're so fucking confused over here. You can't ask them for nothing. Because they're totally out of box. In America, the black person is totally out of the fucking box. They're ignorant. You got motherfuckers over here in America talking, well, I'm Hebrew Israelite. Never been to a motherfucker in Israel. Never saw a Hebrew. But they're Hebrew Israelites. They'll pick that up. Oh, I'm a Hebrew Israelite. You got Americans over here saying Muslim. Oh, I'm Muslim. You know, a lot of them say that when they go to prison because they come out Muslim. They go in a murderer and a killer and they come out a Muslim. Ain't that some shit? But they Muslim. I think very few of them have been over to Mecca or whatever the fuck it is. Which I don't give a shit. Here you got the other ones say we Christians. Jesus gonna save them motherfuckers. You got, you got the same thing in Africa. All the motherfuckers over there dancing in dirt, kicking up dirt shit. Oh, Jesus saved us on the Sunday. Which is probably right now there. Tomorrow here. They all going to heaven. Broke as a motherfucker. Ain't got shit. But dirt, living in a fucking swamp. Got a goddamn government, like Nigeria, and Ghana, and I think Uganda too. They got tons of motherfucking resources that are harboring that their resources to other countries, to the white man, or to the Asians. But they get nothing. And the people walk around there waiting on a motherfucking sky daddy. Ain't that some shit? And that's what they got to black people. Believing in some mythical bullshit when the rest of them, they all believe in Muhammad and Islam, but guess what? Most of their countries, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, uh, you know the rest of them, UAE, all that shit, they rich as hell in the world. They don't give a fuck about the next life. They live in this one. Same thing about the Christian motherfucking world. Rome and all the motherfucking, you know, America, they're all Christians. They and they keep their mouths down. They don't give a fuck about it. And then you got Jerusalem, all the poor Jews that have been picked on all their motherfucking life, goddamn fascist motherfuckers. No, Zionists. They came to Africa from Europe. These motherfuckers here. They came there long ago in the 1920s, from what I understand, basically. They started there. And you had the motherfuckers meandering up to, you know, Jerusalem and shit like that. But they didn't hold no weight. You know what I'm saying? Because you have, you know, Palestinians, you have Muslims, you have Christians, you have everything. Black, white, whatever. They all live together in harmony. Yep. They read your history. Suddenly, World War II came, the motherfucking Zionists that didn't want to come to Africa because it was too hard, too hot, too dark, and they couldn't do nothing. But, guess what? Good old white America gave the Jewish people a bunch of help and money, and white Europe gave them a bunch of help and money, and they took over Jerusalem, and they took over the fucking whole state of Israel, and they took over everything. They invented that state, actually. It wasn't Israel, it was called Palestine initially. So they took that over. And what did happen there? They started killing all the Palestinians, which they're doing right now as I speak. Okay. But back to this. 
I gave you a little short history lesson. Now, what he just said is so true. You can't be divisive in this. You know, and then they tell us, you know, the same thing here, what he just said. The same shit they tell us here. We tell them about slavery, they tell us about 9-11. <laughs> think that's something? Or oh, Pearl Harbor. Slavery don't count. We supposed to get over that. 200 some years of these motherfuckers murdering, hanging, killing. They started all over again. I don't know why the niggas here so scared to kill them. I don't know. You know, that's why I'm looking toward Africa. I'm looking for y'all to do something this time. Because these motherfuckers here in America, like I said, they so divided at what they are. The men don't like the women. The women don't like the men. The women don't want to obey the men. The men don't want to obey the women. The children are running around like wild maniacs, like savages. Nobody seems to know what to do with them. I do. You know, knock their motherfucking ass out or kill them. That's what I was taught. You know, you don't do what your parents say, kill them. That, that's the truth. You know, like, what, what you doing after you, you give them jungle justice. Beat that motherfucker to death. Girl or boy, don't matter. The rest of them, just look at that. They see the mother and father beating them to death. We don't act right. But anyway. So we mentioned something. Slavery. First thing they said, God gonna bless you. And the niggas fall for it. They get on their knees, start praying. God gonna make a better day. Motherfucker, go out there and hang your child. And it's been five of them in the last year. Suspicious hangings. Let's see. Now, I'm going to ask you some fellow Africans, American, black people. Black people have sense. How do you climb a tree, tie your hands back around the tree, and then put a rope around your neck and hang yourself? How do you do that? Or a telephone pole or whatever. How do you hang yourself like that? you got to be a motherfucking magician. Houdini. To do some shit like that. And then the hardest thing is, all these people ain't crazy as supposedly hung themselves. They didn't have any motherfucking mental illness. So they had no reason to hang themselves, but they did. See? They hung themselves. And you know what the black people did? Nothing. Niggas did nothing as usual. Get on TV crying about Jesus and call about the FBI. The FBI means fuck black investigating. They're not going to investigate our ass. You know what happened. They know the crackers did it. People, that, that, they love ones. They know the crackers did it. But you think they're going to do anything? No. They're cowards. Just like a lot of them bastards are running away from your country. But just like this brother said from Niger, you got to stick together. That's why when they formed that pack a few months ago, Niger, Mali, when Ecowas was coming after them, and uh, Burkina Faso, and they all got together and said, you come this way, motherfuckers, you die. And you know what the Ecowas country said? With the exception of Nigeria, what Nigeria's parliament said, fuck that, we ain't doing it either. But that nigga was ready to, they president, that nigga was ready to send troops into Niger. Black people to kill other black people for the white people. That's sure y'all ignorant. A 90 year old motherfucker should not be in business. But y'all got that bastard there still playing kings and queens. He ain't no king. And you niggas ain't up under no kingdom no more. They split you up when they split all the people up. That's a whole new thing, too. Make, make, make sure, even though you got different tribes there, you got Biafrans, whatever the fuck's left of that, and y'all had that big civil war bullshit. Y'all African. That's all it is. You can forget the tribalism bullshit. You can keep your, keep your habits. 
But you better rally your troops together to each other. Not to the white motherfuckers. But they tell you the motherfuckers are Christians, Muslims, you need to kill them motherfuckers, both of them. Because the Muslims are killing your ass, the Arabs are killing your ass, and them Christians and them Jews are killing your ass. So that tells you right there and there. They don't give a fuck. You ain't one of them. But y'all still keep following them. I'm following Christianity. Get killed anyway. I'm a Muslim. Get killed anyway. I'm Jewish. Get killed anyway. And I'm uh, whatever. It's a Christian, Muslim, Jewish. Okay. And you know what the comedy nominated and all that you can kill is? You're a black motherfucker. That's what it is. That's the comedy nominated. Your skin is black. Hmm. Ain't that right? But Christians ain't supposed to kill people. Muslims ain't supposed to kill people. Jews ain't supposed to kill people. But I guess we ain't people because they sure kill our black ass, don't they? At will. Now, back to the beginning of this tape, you heard Saudi Arabia don't want the niggas in there no more. They told the Africans, get the fuck out. No, Tunisia did that, too. All these places are white Arabs. White. White Arabs, white Muslims, whatever the fuck you want to call them. But you all run into them like they going to save your black ass. And you heard this brother just said, everywhere black people go in this world, they're mistreated. You go to Asia, I guess they get mistreated over there in some parts. When you go over there and do labor. You go to Saudi Arabia, we know over there in Saudi Arabia and all the other Arab states, they treat you like nothing. They treat you like dirt. They even kill motherfuckers over there. The country that they come from don't do shit. They mother country don't do shit. When they should be screaming the biggest, you kill my citizen, I'm killing five of your motherfucking people. But they don't do nothing. They sit there and take it. Because everybody knew that you ain't going to do shit. Like I said, it's 1.4 billion you black motherfuckers in Africa alone. Black. I ain't counting them bullshit as Arabs and shit. And y'all don't do nothing. Hmm. I don't know what to tell you. That's all. I want y'all to see me when I keep talking this shit to you. Because maybe if you see somebody, I'm not trying to hide who I am. I'm talking to you, Africa. I'm talking to you people in Nigeria. I'm talking to you people in Ghana. I mean, what did Ghana just do? Oh, yeah. They gave the motherfucking rights to one of their gold mines for 15 years to China. Fuck, you know, was it gold or lithium or some shit like that? I don't know. Either way it go. What sense does that make? I'll play that part for you, too. How do you... Give away your people's natural resources and you got motherfucking people that's starving. And a black ass bald head bastard is running your country. Give the right to your natural resources to another country. And y'all take it. When you should be right now, the whole goddamn country should be on fire. But no, y'all take it. Because I said, Africans, black men are cowards. They waiting on some goddamn mythical motherfucker to come out the sky to save your black ass. Ain't nobody coming, niggas. If you don't save yourself, you're gonna die. And you're gonna be poor. You're gonna die broke. Now you ain't going, you right. I can't take nothing to heaven. They don't told you. See, they don't told you black folks that so long, you ignorant motherfuckers actually believe it. I can't take no money to heaven, but I get to see my God. 
These motherfucking white bastards, in the meantime, Arabs, Asians, everybody else, they realize this is bullshit. They taking everything they can right now and they enjoying their life. Because nobody knows what the fuck's going to happen after this is over. Nobody. All that bullshit about you going to sit on the right hand of Jesus. Now get the fuck out of here. That's bullshit. You ever heard, you ever seen any motherfucker come from heaven? Say how it is? You know people say they died? I ain't seen nine seven seen one motherfucker that came from heaven. Let's see how great it was. But I've, I've seen a lot of people talk. I saw fire and flames. That was a deal. Ain't that just coincidental? Huh? But nobody's seen heaven. But then when they come back, they're getting their life together. To go see somewhere they died and still didn't get to see. Makes sense to you? Make it make sense to me. But anyway, like the brother saying, they mistreat us everywhere we go in the world. And you still got niggas running out of Africa, running up to Europe. And in a few minutes, they're going to send all them niggas back. They're already debating on it because you got a lot of uncivilized motherfuckers going there. Seriously. You got a lot of motherfuckers who have no education, no skills, no nothing. Running up to Europe looking for a handout. Just like they're running over here in America, looking for a handout. These over here in America are South Americans. But you got Africans and Asians in there too. But they run, most of them run to, the Africans and shit run to Europe. Because they want to be with the white women. That's, that's, they're leaving their women behind. Ain't that something? They're not going there to make a better life for themselves. They're going there looking for, I don't know. But every time I see them, they all hanging around a bunch of white motherfuckers. Women. And them men don't like that. They don't like y'all black asses hanging around their women. I'm telling you that now. It's just a matter of time before they start stringing you motherfuckers up. And then you do what you usually do. Start crying to another white man to save you. You jump on the internet. Help us, help us. You'll be hollering, help us, help us the same way you did with you and in Ukraine. When they closed your ass, left your ass behind. Then you got on television and all that shit. Well, the internet really, because television didn't give a fuck about you. And he's even crying about Lizzie. They left us here and anyone take us with them on the trains. We couldn't evacuate. So the governments had to send planes to get you black ass. And what happened? I don't know if it's true, but what I heard was then they told some of you motherfuckers you could we recruit you to come help us fight. Niggas was ready to go back. That's how dumb you are, you know. They left you behind to die. Then when your government comes and gets you out of there, they tell you, well, if you come and help us fight, you know, we sorry. And some of the motherfuckers are talking about going over there to help them fight. From Africa. And probably from here too, I don't know. Stupid motherfuckers. They say the white man. But anyway, like I said, you know, the brother told you, one of your own, 
Nobody basically, and he's basically saying nobody wants to treat us right. Nobody's going to ever have respect for us in this world. Until we start putting our foot down saying, hey, we got everything over here. Even if you don't live in Africa, black people. You ain't got to live there. You can be what you can have something to be proud of. Say, hey, I'll tell you what, motherfuckers. Y'all don't like us here in this country. We can go over there in Africa. We look the same. They welcome us. They they ask you saying, hey, you don't need no passport. As long as you're black. Not you white motherfuckers. And you can prove you're black, fine. You can be light as the sun, but if you can prove some blackness in your ass, they welcome me. But none of you goddamn Europeans. Or necessarily Asians either. Depends on how they feel about you. Yeah, right now they're not pissed off with Asians so much. But you can fuck that up too, because I know some of you Asians went over there. Koreans, Chinese, maybe Japanese, I don't know. Open up stores and shit and then tell them they're not welcome in their own goddamn country. And they burnt the motherfuckers down like they should have. How the fuck you think you're going to play that? You go to somebody's country and you start a business and you tell them they're not welcome to come to the restaurant. Well, the folks didn't take too kindly to that. They burned the motherfucker down. And then your government turned around and said, get the fuck out the country. That's how that works. Then you had a couple of Chinese workers over there decided they're going to fuck over the Africans. They beat their ass. They beat their motherfucking ass. Then one motherfucker did the wrong thing. He almost got his ass killed over there. Chinese government had to come on and save his ass because he did talk real nicely. They got that motherfucker out of there. Because they said, you better get him or we're going to kill him. So they got the message. You can work here, you can treat, but you better treat us like humans. You're not going to mistreat us. We go to your country, you can mistreat us. That's because we got no leverage there. But you be goddamn going to come here and do it. But you still got some of them Negroes like that over there. The white people come, like I heard a young lady say, white people come to Africa, motherfuckers think they met Jesus. Because she was in Canada, she tell her, you know, they tell her, you motherfuckers, come to Canada, first thing Nigerians do, run to Canada. Ghanians too, because they can't find a job there. A lot of Ghanian nurses in America, because they got shit in Ghana. Not... <laughs> And, and I, I asked him, why are you here? Ghana got tons of gold and shit. Corruption. But you saw that this bald head bastard just gave away the gold, man. Or whatever, lithium, man. Then told the Americans they could build a base on their goddamn soil. An air base. That they ain't allowed to walk on. Get near you get killed. What a shame. Well, like the young lady says, you come over there to this part of the world, you might have been a banker over there in Africa. You come over here, they got plenty of jobs. You'd be working in the motherfucking McDonald's. You'd be working as a janitor in the school. You're not going to work in the preferred field you went to college for because they're not going to accept your college degree. 
And if they do, they're still going to give you a job like that. Nobody likes us. Get it through your motherfucking head, niggas. I hate to call y'all that, but until you start acting black, I'm going to keep calling you niggas. Tell these, ask these motherfuckers here, don't I call them niggas all the time. When they act black, I call them black. But, you know, I'm tired of talking to you about this. You heard what the brother said? You see what Najir and Burkina Faso are doing? You see how fast the economies are growing? In one year. In one year, they're going to be, this year, they're going to be the fastest growing economies. One is number four, one is number six. Now tell me, how is that happening? Because they took back what's theirs. And they put it into their countries. Not, you know, so their people can buy shit. So their economy comes up. Not build the rest of the world, they, goes, they still starve. Nah, ain't working that way no more. But Nigeria is still the same thing. Ghana, same thing. Two richest countries, too. I don't know about Uganda. I think they doing something stupid, too. I hope not. South Africa, I know how fucked up they are. You know, that's why Malima trying to get it. That's totally fucked up. You got people still living in squalor and poverty. And the white people over there living better. The same colonizers that mistreated your ass for 60 fucking years. Maybe a hundred, I don't know. And what do you hear them say? Let's forget about it. Let's talk about something else. That was then. Oh, no, don't mention that about the Holocaust. Oh, you, you even said, like the like brother said, say something about the Holocaust anywhere in the motherfucking white world, and all of a sudden, you're an enemy. You know, motherfucking niggas over here in America losing their job because they said, because they repeat what somebody else said bad about the Holocaust. And you know what? They're the fool. Because you could kiss my black ass. I wouldn't give a fuck if they killed every one of them goddamn Jew bastards. Don't care. Not the way they're acting now. I don't give a fuck. Makes me want to say they should have killed them all. Because the descendants of the motherfuckers they put in Israel, these are the motherfuckers that's doing that to these people now. To the Palestinians. Now, don't get me twisted now. I don't know that much about the Palestinians, but they have some more. I don't know why. But you got black Palestinians too, so I'm going to go along with that program. That I've seen. And you got black Jews, but that I've seen also. But like I said, we so fucked up, we don't know who we're supposed to be. You know, I'm going to leave you with this note. You know, this guy from Egypt, he came to America in 1978, teacher. And when he came here, you know, he's checking the boxes, because that's what they did, he checked the box in immigration. <clears throat> he black, it look like me, black color. He checked off, no, black, Egyptian. They told him, no, you're not black. You're white. He's like, no, black. Nope, you're, you're white. white. You see, over in Africa, they don't call you by your color. You're designated basically by where you come from. Egypt, Sudanese, Ghanaian, Nigerian. You know, you know, you get what I'm saying, South African, whatever. 
Zimbabwean. But here is a total story. The story is judged by your color. And he didn't know that. But he did know what they said. He said a few years ago, okay, he go home. He starts teaching school and shit like this. And he started, you know, telling the kids, you know, blah, 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 that's where he come from. He said, I'm from Egypt. And he said, I'm black. Mm-mm, wrong thing. So the, the dean or whatever, the principal called him in school. He was a principal, that's what it was. <coughs> and they said, just tell the kids you're Egyptian. He said, I'm not, I'm black. But at least that's what y'all make me when I go on the street. Well, if you keep, keep telling them that, we're going to have to let you go. Think that's something? You can't be black. You got to be Egyptian. And this, is, this was a school district that had 30% black kids. I don't think they know he told them that. But then again, who knows? They, their parents may not have said shit either, so. Because that's how niggas are. Go along to get along. And then get fucked along. But anyway, that, I leave that story just to let you know. You will always be born in the white man's eye and people all over the world. If you look like me, your ass is going to be black. I don't give a fuck if you want to be Hebrew, Israelite, Jewish, Tasmanian, whatever. You be Russian and you look like this, you black. You be Chinese, you look like this, you black. And there's a lot of black Chinese. There's a lot of black Malaysians. Go over there in Asia and other parts, Vietnam. And you know, don't look at that bullshit you see on TV. See all these white motherfuckers over there. You know, white people look like they Asian and Vietnam, China. That's because they haven't figured out yet that stop this shit. Not surprised China. Well, don't surprise me with Korea and Japan. They American satellites. They show all the whiteness. It surprised me with China. But then sometimes China do show their people in their, in their natural color. And they they not white. A lot of them ain't white. The bulk of them ain't. So. And then you see them in Vietnam and Thailand. They all show the white. And my pedicure, she's Vietnamese. My color, Vietnamese. People work with her. Little shade light, little shade dark. What the fuck? Same, Same people. people. But, but you ain't black. You're Vietnamese. Remember that. Same thing with Filipinos. You got some of them who think they want to be white. Quite fine. Then when I, when I went to the Philippines, I feel right at home. I saw light-skinned people. Not white people. And then I saw a lot of people like me. Same color. So I, feel, I didn't feel no place out of place. Little kids were looking upside my head and they were like, hey, that was some money, though. Don't do that. Don't give them no the money. They'll come back every day and fuck with you. But I'm just telling you, black people all over, wherever you at, if you think for one minute your motherfucking ass Fits in with these people. I don't care where you at. Unless your ass is in Africa, in the motherland, or you in a country that's dominated by white, 
I mean by black, run by black, controlled by black, defended by black, you are hated. You will be hated. Look what they did to Haiti. They found the yellowest niggas they could to Papa Doc Dubai your family. After everything that John, you know, what's his name did when they, what's his name, uh, I forget the brother's name. You know, the Napoleon's motherfucking friend that, that, that he, that Napoleon hated. And they took over Haiti. When the slaves took over Haiti. They was running by black people. Then what they do? There's usually the white man sneaks in there, gets a few of them niggas who still love the white man. Convince them that you lighter than that motherfucker and they took that shit. But the yellow motherfuckers, the high yellow motherfuckers in charge, put them niggas back in slavery and we... You, you can't, can't talk, talk to us like that, but you can talk to them. It ain't worked that well. That's why he had this last revolt. That's why he's fucked up now. Because they kept putting them tight motherfuckers in there. And then and they kept fucking over the people. They didn't do shit for the country. The people got gangs got ridiculous. Crime got ridiculous. And what did leadership do? They gave everything to the white man here in America. Oh, you, you think Haiti don't, don't grow nothing? Haiti grows shit. shit. You, you just, just mean, you don't, don't know what they grow, they probably is. They grow shit. shit. I think it's, I don't know what it was, a coffee or something? I forget. Somebody told me, Haitians told me, man, I forget what they grow, but they can take care of shit. But as usual, they put the nigga in charge that's gonna listen to them, and that's what happens. So you got nothing. So you can have a majority black country run by a black person, but it ain't run by you. He's, He's run, run by somebody, somebody that looks like you, looks like you, but controlled by a motherfucking devil, the white devil. So you should kill him. I'm telling you, if you're in a black country, kill kill the motherfuckers around the country is rotten. Tell me, we want you white mother, you black motherfuckers around us no more. If you go around, you act like you one of us. When the storm comes, you weather the storm with us. You don't get on a goddamn boat or plane and fly a fuck away. You be right here with us. So, so I'm telling tell you, folks, you know, it's, it's time, time for a change for black people in this world. Time, time to take our rightful place. Again. And, and this time, let's not fuck it up. Okay? okay? Y'all take care now. And now you'll see the final part of this, where it will tell you what this young man is doing now. Let's pause this for a minute. I'm going to show you a couple of videos on Africa, especially Burkina Faso. This young man, Traore, is not just talking, he's doing. In this clip, you'll see what I'm talking about. He's only been, take, he only took over a year. They revolted a year ago, and what's going on now is just off the chain. Fantastic. You tell me that these countries has been supposedly uh, free for the last 67 years and haven't done shit for their people, but shit for the countries? Well, I'll let you hear that one. I'll, I'll give you something else about that later. But let's look at this. This is amazing. Burkina Faso, visionary leader Captain Ibrahim Traore emerged, armed with a bold ambition to reshape the destiny of his nation. 
In this video, we look at how Ibrahim Traore is streamlining bureaucratic processes to ensure development projects are executed seamlessly, on budget, and ahead of schedule. Later in the video, I show you Ibrahim Traore's New Year message to the people of Burkina Faso. Ibrahim Traore's leadership has not only brought about transformative infrastructure projects, but also ushered in a new era of governance, streamlining bureaucratic processes to ensure development projects are executed seamlessly, on budget, and ahead of schedule. C'est tout ce qui a été mis dans la tête pour que nous ne puissions pas avancer. Errors may have been committed by breaking certain rules, but it's time to lead by example. It's time that you will work here at the top. You are models, and every time you see the flag, think of everything we have like our values. Ibrahim, a man of action, embarked on an ambitious project to modernize the country's network of roads. But that was just the beginning. Ibrahim Traore saw education as the key to unlocking Burkina Faso's true potential. Determined to provide opportunities for the youth, he set out to build universities that could stand a chance with some of the best on the continent, making sure the youth of Burkina Faso would be equipped to tackle the challenges of the future. With corruption and bureaucratic hurdles eliminated, funds allocated for projects are used efficiently. Ibrahim's leadership ensured that every dollar earmarked for development found its way to the intended purpose, whether it was the construction of roads, universities, an ultra-modern hospital, a nuclear power plant, or a gold refining factory. Ibrahim Traore envisioned a nation with a robust healthcare system accessible to all. In the heart of the country's second largest city, an ultra-modern hospital is nearing completion, a beacon of hope and healing. State-of-the-art medical facilities and a cadre of skilled professionals converge to provide top-notch health care for Burkina Faso's citizens. There were problems with funding, but the current government reacted positively to ensure... Burkina Faso has prioritized increasing its health budget. The government has allocated a higher percentage of its overall budget to health care, recognizing that a for addressing the diverse health needs of the population. This increased budget allows for better remuneration of health care professionals, procurement of essential medical supplies, and the implementation of public health care. 2023 was a year where many initiatives saw the light of the day. Everything that we have taken as an initiative in the health field, especially also in the field of food self-sufficiency, many initiatives of development, of industrialization have been launched. The most audacious of Ibrahim's endeavors is the construction of a nuclear power plant that is currently underway. One of the primary benefits of introducing nuclear power to Burkina Faso is the potential for significantly reducing the cost of energy production. This cost-effectiveness can catalyze industrial growth by making energy more affordable for businesses, thereby encouraging investment in manufacturing and other energy-intensive sectors. Following the groundbreaking agreement between Russia and Burkina Faso to collaborate on the construction of the nuclear power plant, a venture that holds immense significance for both countries, Russia has officially reopened its embassy in Burkina Faso after a prolonged hiatus. We are determined to expand cooperation in the commercial and economic field, and we hope that the Burkinabi partners will gradually expand the range of products purchased in Russia, in particular agricultural machinery and mineral fertilizers, as well as equipment for the mining industry. Russia will continue to provide assistance to Burkina Faso for the training of specialists and executives, national civilians and military. In the midst of these grand projects, Ibrahim Traore also turned his attention to Burkina Faso's rich natural resources. 
a gold refining factory where the precious metal extracted from the nation's mines would be processed and utilized to fund further development projects. In a televised address, Ibrahim Traore remarked, the true wealth of Burkina Faso lies not only in its resources, but in the spirit and potential of its people. This woman jumped off a top floor balcony to escape her jet. <laughs> well, you see how that works, right? You see what this young man is doing, just like the uh, leader of Niger uh, was talking earlier? He's done in one year what these motherfuckers that had these countries for supposedly what these puppet regimes that were put in place haven't done in 70, 80 years. The same old shit. Give the goddamn French and whoever tax breaks and all kind of shit. And the people of Niger, I mean, Burkina Faso, you know, just like Niger, they they taking out tons of your shit, but you get a dollar on the dime. Or a dime on the dollar. If that much. They get $80 million, a load or something like that. You get two million. It don't work like that. If that much. I mean, I'm just using numbers. I'm, those are not exact, so don't go with that. But this is the bullshit. Now, he's put roads in. He's building a hospital. He's building a nuclear power plant. He's building a, a mineral processing plant. Tell me how this young man can do all this in one year's time. Not bankrupt the country. Of course, he fired a lot of them no-good-ass thieving motherfuckers. I know he did. From the other regimes. You know, little bald head bastards that run around. They got the big house. And they want to look like they worth somebody. They probably got four or five cars following them like they're important. He should have took them motherfuckers out and put them on the wall and killed them. Because they part of the problem. But he got rid of them. That's good enough. They're probably in jail. They should be. And you already said he stopped the corruption. All that bullshit corruption. You got to pay this receipt. Hey, Nigeria, you hear that? Corruption? Oh, y'all know what that means. You know, a young lady was on there talking about how they wanted to make her pay for her passport back when she let them check it at Nigeria to go from one part to the other. She let them check her passport, they kept it. Come on, pay me some money. That's the kind of bullshit to go on there. Hey, Ghana, you hear that? That's what she was just got done in the... In the year, and all you old bald-headed motherfuckers said, oh, that's right, that's not forget South Africa. All them black motherfucking people living in poverty. And this young man did this in the year. Now, I'm going to tell you, even though he said he, he's, he's fighting uh, goddamn jihadists and shit, I'm glad he's getting the right equipment, because when you go after them, and he knows how to fight them, don't leave none of them sons of bitches alive, because they're sponsored by the CIA, and they're sponsored by the French intelligence, they're sponsored by MI6. They, these are sponsored by white motherfuckers. Now you tell me, you know, France been there all this time. They couldn't catch these motherfuckers? They couldn't stop them? They've been all these years, they couldn't stop these motherfuckers. Well, you know what? 
like I said before, if you want to stop black people from doing something, you need another black person to do it. Because two things going to be for real. If you tell somebody you want something stopped and you paying the black person right, you treating them right, they're going to stop it. Whatever they got to do. You tell a cracker that, he's going to look at how he can get around doing it. Especially if it's for you. Like I said, Africans can sell Africans own problems. These so-called Muslim jihadists and bullshit, they don't mean y'all no good. Them motherfuckers, they fools. You first part of this, you show, I showed you what happened. They told Nigeria, you know, you, they threw people out of Nigeria, the Muslims. Muslims coming and they threw them out. Mm. Not no niggas here today. But y'all still going for that, ain't you? No niggas allowed. And you tell me that they couldn't stop these motherfuckers from putting mines and shit? Ibrahim, you could, I mean, not Ibrahim. Treori, what you gonna have to do? I guess his name is Ibrahim Treori. You gotta send your army in there and, and desecrate the motherfuckers. You make it where they never wanna see or hear your name again. Young man, you're doing it right, don't back off. Any motherfucker that's with them, just like that traitor that was by your side, but you, you thought, thought was your best? You, you make an example of them. You make a prime good example. You try to do something for them, just like you. We got the same problem here in America. You try to do something for niggas, niggas do, do everything against you. If we could, we'd kill these motherfuckers here ourselves. We can't. You can't. Over there. Because y'all got laws that mean something. Bullshit laws here in America don't mean nothing. As long as you got money, or you killing another nigga or mistreating other niggas, they don't give a fuck. Or fucking over black people, they don't give a fuck. So I'm telling you, brother, you want to get things built, kill them motherfuckers. If you catch a white motherfucker, we'll chop his head off. No, parade that motherfucker down the street so people can see him. Let the world see where it's coming from. And maybe some of these other people in the other countries will wake the fuck up and see that their leadership like down the Congo is bullshit. They're not trying to get rid of these motherfuckers. Because they can be stopped. And any motherfucker says, I'm a Muslim, and the way them goddamn Arabs and Muslims are treating them black folks up north, they need to be killed. If they say they're Christian, same fucking thing. If they say they're Jewish, same fucking thing. Remember this, black folk. Your ass is black. That's what the world sees you before they see anything else. They don't see your tribe. They don't see your religion. They just see your black ass first. No matter what you say. Nigga, lying. You come to white motherfuckers, take your ass over to Asia. Seriously, just for a trip. Now, you see, well, no, I tell you, but don't go that far, because you, you don't want to go that far. Go in your city and the Asian part of town. And tell me what you see. Don't know, you don't know who they are. 
You can tell Chinese from Korean, from some Filipinos, from some Indonesians, whatever. You can't tell them apart. Because most of the Asians stick in it. But you'll fuck around and call them all Chinese or Japanese. Like a fool, because that's what you look at them as. They're not going to try to make a distinction. And that's the same way they see us. They're not going to distinguish between what we are, what tribe you come from, what part of the world you're from, what country. They're just going to see us as another nigga or a monkey, tree monkey. That's what they see us as. Now, I hate to hold y'all so long on this. And please forgive me. It's been a while since I put something out here, but you need some good sleeping, sleeping shit. Listen to alone or you'll fall asleep. But you see what this man's doing. Now I see can you get one more thing and then I'm going to let you go. Now if you think his people don't know what's happening. This is, this is the sign of true leadership. He's not doing things with his hands tied behind his back. And he's not doing it with sleight of hand. This is his uh, New Year's speech for 2024 to his people. People of Burkina Faso, comrades, fighters for freedom, for peace, sovereignty, and real independence. It is an honor and a pleasure for me to address you at the threshold of New Year 2024 to wish you Burkina Faso from inside and outside, friends and partners of Burkina Faso, Happy New Year. Let us give thanks to God who has allowed us to see this landmark day and the end of the year 2023. Let us also pray to the good Lord for those who gave their lives for the independence of Burkina Faso and the reconquest of our territory, that their soul may rest in peace. We also pray that God grants health to all who today find themselves injured by terrorists, those who have led the noble fight for our freedom. We are in solidarity with all the people who had to leave their country who find themselves today displaced. Comrades, 2023 was a year during which we made a deep analysis of the situation of Burkina Faso, a year during from which we made a deep diagnosis of the words which undermined Burkina Faso, which led to take important decisions. These decisions were to break first chains of the slavery, of imperialism, of neocolonialism, because you cannot hope to find your lost object by calling for help from the one who stole it from you. Parce que dit-on, vous ne pouvez espérer retrouver votre objet perdu en faisant appel à l'aide à celui qui vous l'a dérobé. 2023 was a year where many initiatives saw the light of the day. On December 11th, as we summarized about everything that we have taken as an initiative in the field of defense, in the health field, especially also in the field of food self-sufficiency, many initiatives of development, of industrialization have been launched. Beaucoup 
This is the place for me to salute the Burkinabee people for their resilience for having understood the meaning of the fight that we are waging for the reconquest of the territory and for the real independence of Burkina Faso. 2024 will be a year during which we will continue this fight. We will continue to break the chains of slavery, to break the chains of neocolonialism which prevents us from knowing happiness. During this year, 2024, we will continue the efforts to reconquer the territory and amplify the struggle. This is why on the side of defense, we will see the creation of the first combat brigade, which we have called the Brigade Special and Rapid Intervention, which will bring together the different intervention battalions rapid. A special grouping of forces and a specific grouping that is always in the sense of the reorganization of our army, of its re-articulating of the relocation of different forces. A strategic equipment plan and a reorganization plan of different forces emerged in 2023. This will materialize in 2024 by the arrival of new heavy materials for protection and increase of the firepower of the combat units. In addition to this aspect, it is important to know that 2024 will also be a year of challenge because we have set ourselves objectives in the area, therefore, of the reconquest and also, therefore, the return of the various IDPs to their locality and their security during the year 2024. As I told you, many of initiatives have been started and in 2024 we should be able to deepen and really implement everything that we have started, notably the presidential initiative for food self-sufficiency and also the agro-pastoral offensive of the Ministry of Agriculture, which was launched recently, the dry season is on course. In all these two initiatives, so that we can during the year 2024 achieve or at least approach food self-sufficiency. It is a challenge for us, and I therefore invite the people of Burkinabee to take ownership of these initiatives and to be able to launch wherever you are so that the state can also support you and so that we can take up this challenge in the areas of industrialization and also therefore of everything that can go in the sense of bringing something more to all these valiant traders who are doing their best to serve the different localities of Burkina Faso. C'est un défi pour nous et j'invite donc le peuple burkinabé à s'approprier ces initiatives et à pouvoir se lancer. Many initiatives will be taken in this sense the PEC is already launched which will allow us to have a certain number of factories but many initiatives are to come during the year 2024. We are still going to ask the people of Burkina Faso to take ownership of the presidential initiative for community development. After analysis of the health situation, as we said on December 11th last, we must be able to rebuild our cities and be able to sanitize it. We therefore ask for the population to take ownership of this initiative and to be able to launch into sanitation, urbanization and making sure that our living environments are even more pleasant so that certain epidemics that we have experienced cannot resurface. The pouvoir s'approprier l'initiative présidentielle pour le développement communautaire. Ce, après analyse donc de la situation sanitaire, comme nous l'avons dit le 11 décembre dernier. During this year, the fight that we are waging today is also a fight for culture, as you will have noticed by the posing a diagnosis of the problem, we understood that the colonization has uprooted us. We have lost our culture, our beautiful culture, which teaches us peace, solidarity, and to be upright. We have lost its values. This is why we want to ensure that culture occupies an important place, therefore, for inches our fight is what led so today to formalize our national languages and also to create the community council through this bill, which is just been adopted.
So in the assembly, this must bring us to return to our roots, to our traditions, to our cultures to be able to resurface these values of solidarity, which we are very lacking these values of peace, of tolerance, and mutual aid. On the aspect of corruption, it must be said that the year 2023 was a year where this phenomenon continued. La culture occupe une place importante donc, dans notre combat. C'est ce qui a amené donc à aujourd'hui officialiser nos langues nationales. For 2024, we therefore intend to launch the machine of the fight against corruption. This is the place for me to invite all these institutions and structures who therefore work in the fight against corruption to redouble their efforts so that forever we can vanish this phenomenon from our comrade society. We remain convinced of our trajectory of the lineage that we adopted not long ago. No better than this route that we took for our freedom, for our sovereignty, and so that Burkina can prosper. Lancer la machine de la lutte contre la corruption. C'est le lieu donc pour moi d'inviter. We are convinced, and with the Burkinabi people, we are reassured more than ever that the fight that we lead is noble for Burkina Faso and for the whole of Africa. We wish you a very happy new year 2024, a year full of health, a year of combativity, a year during which all Burkinabis will be able to cultivate love between them. A year during which we hope that the Burkinabal will be able to make up for the differences they have known and therefore be able to look together toward the future. A year of happiness. A year during which the hopes of one and all will be seen accomplished. We will not be able to end without thanking the Burkinabi people who have understood the meaning of the struggle and who stand day and night in the vigil. Tous les Burkinabés vont pouvoir cultiver l'amour entre eux, une année au cours de laquelle nous souhaitons Citizens to protect this transition because they say the enemy has not yet put away its hatchet, whether from inside or outside imperialism, is still active. Thank you to the people of Burkinabi for this fight that we are leading and thank you to all those who near or far support us. Nous allons terminer sans remercier le peuple Burkinabé qui a compris l'essence de la lutte et qui se bat jour et nuit dans la veille citoyenne pour protéger cette transition. Parce que, dit-on, l'ennemi n'a pas encore rangé sa hache de guerre, que ce soit de l'intérieur. L'impérialisme est toujours en activité. Merci au peuple burkinabé pour ce combat que nous menons et merci à tous ceux whether from inside or outside, all over the world who support Burkina Faso and this lively struggle Burkina Faso, may God protect Burkina Faso, the fatherland or death. As the projects continue to materialize, Ibrahim Troy's Burkina Faso stands at the threshold of a new era. Together, the people of Burkina Faso have forged a path to progress, building not only infrastructure but the foundation for a brighter future. Burkina Faso will no longer be defined by its challenges, but by the resilience and ambition of its people. I hope you enjoyed the video. I won't even talk about this part here. Because God damn it, Ghana had enough money to stop this. You know, because of floods and congestion. So the bald head bastard moves the capital instead of fixing the problem. 
swear to God, y'all got, got some fucked up leadership, leadership about it. You, you could be, be the biggest project you could ever do in your country. country. Put thousands of people to work. But, but you won't do that. You'd rather move the capital. capital. Let these people suffer. They're going to let this Acura suffer. What an idiot. Now, one thing that I heard the young man say, he's going to put back your language. That's what he meant. Your culture. See, and he, this is one of the few black people that said that. They've taken these white devils, have taken all our cultures and threw them away. That's why we're so fucked up here in America. We don't know who we are. Once somebody establishes who we are, here comes another nigga with a different idea thinking, we should be this. Because we can't trace no roots. We have no way of tracing our roots. And even so, if we did, we'd still be a myriad of 50 different thousand tribes. Because we don't know. And that was the idea. To keep us guessing. And that's why I tell black people here in America, fuck all that. All we can call ourselves is black people in America. The rest of it, we don't know. We can't trace it. It's just fucked up. Now, African people still have a chance to regain, to recoup their heritage. Because they're, they're, right, they're, they're, they're right there with it. See, you, can, you, you, you have elders and people who can tell you who you are. We have nobody because we don't know who we are. So all we can be is black in America. That's it. Until we leave this motherfucker. Which ain't soon enough for me. But like I said, I respect this young man. He's tell, and he's telling everybody else, thank you. Thank you for looking out for them, for caring. And it's up to you people there to help your president. And like he said, he still knows the internal forces in that country. Besides the jihadists and the goddamn whatever other motherfucking spies they got. People right there who want to see him fail and try to see him fail so he can go back to the same bullshit. You know, stealing everything. But you should, you should now, Mr. Traore, President, sir, you should rewrite the Constitution now. And you should put in that clause the first thing that you will dedicate yourself, everybody, the Bikinians, like you said, to the growth of the country. Any political figure or, or elected figure who tries to undermine the strength of the country should be executed. Without hesitation, his family should be banished. Because that would stop all these little black bald head bastards. I call them black bald head bastards because they're the old ones. No hair on the head. They're going to try to get you fucked up, assassinated, and all that shit. They're going to work right along with them goddamn outside forces. So you write that constitution, let the people vote on it. And when this happens and one of them motherfuckers try to commit treason, you make an example of him and his family right then and there. Yeah, they're going to call you Saddam Hussein and all that, but you know what? Sometimes it takes that. You know, you're giving them the world and they're going to give you what? A bullet? Nah, don't work that way. Young people, watch out for your leader. Because, because, you know, you if you don't, don't 
no way also. And like he said, you know, like I said again, if you're going to have a constitution, make it a constitution for the people. Don't build your constitution on none of these Western values. None of this democracy shit. Because it don't work. Capitalism don't work. You know, you can't have a bunch of rich motherfuckers and most of the population poor. That's what you had up under the French. And everywhere the white man is, that's what you have. Everywhere. The white motherfuckers rich and the black people and everybody else underneath are the poor. Unless we do some extensive bullshit to, to keep ourselves, you know, in some money or something. And half the time that becomes criminal enterprises. Sad to say. Well, not half the time. A lot of times, dude. Not quite. It's not half. That's too many. As I've said, though, you write that constitution. In the meantime, if you're under martial law or whatever, and the motherfucker tries to commit treason, execute him. I'm quite sure the people will understand because, as you see, people, he's doing what he said he's going to do. He's, he's bringing the country up. By leaps and bounds, stick with him. Stick with him. He's walking a walk and he's talking a talk. And he's doing it. Now suddenly, this is a slap in the face. But that's what you hear. And like I said, this is a longer tape, longer than I've ever made. I'm sorry. You know, you can take time and listen to this. You know, you got free time. Just keep listening to bits and pieces of it. The West has been all over the place for months now. What makes them think that they don't want to lose power in Africa? Europe will not be able to do anything without the riches of Africa. European officials are worried because of the ongoing shift in power around the world, especially in Africa, where China's influence is growing steadily and Russia's has recently grown. To keep their power in Africa, the president of the European Union, Ursula von der Leyen, offered to be a friend of Africa at the Africa Climate Change Summit in Nairobi, Kenya in September. However, this offer was sadly turned down. What did she offer? And why did this try not work? Let's find out more. Von der Leyen began by saying that the summit is an important step toward the COP28 meeting that ended a few days ago. It will make sure that Africa's voice is heard around the world and that its goals are properly taken into account as the region most affected by climate change. She said today, I'm not only here to listen to you, but also to offer Europe's help at COP28 so that we can work together on all the issues that are on the desk. Even though our two continents look very different, we care about the same things when it comes to taking action on climate change. This is a topic we talk about a lot. She told them that she wasn't just there to listen to the leaders of Africa, but also to bring them the offer from Europe. There's a good chance that the West including France and the UK, has never once paid attention to Africa. Instead, they only work to get their plans and ideas across to Africa. Even when things look bad, they always have deals. And as we all know, these deals always favor Europe over the other continent. She said that Europe came forward as a friend for Africa at the COP28 meeting in the UAE, which was just over. Why should Africa be friends with Europe? That's my question. 
Why should Africa agree to be friends with this person? Over many years, European countries have seen African countries not as friends, but as resources to be used. They have seen them as golden uranium mines that should be mined no matter what. Now we're supposed to believe that what she said shows what Europe wants. At this point, I don't think Africans or African politicians are that stupid or naive to believe them. She says that Europe is making this deal so that Africans can be heard. Well, Africa is made up of 54 countries and is bigger than Europe. It has most of the world's important natural and economic resources. At this point, if African leaders are having trouble getting their ideas and views across on the world stage without Europe's help, which many see as Africa's enemy, it makes you wonder if they are qualified to be leaders. Africa does not rely on these countries because it has many resources and a wide range of countries. It shouldn't need help from other countries, especially in Europe, to have its views heard around the world. You can help clean up energy systems and supply lines around the world while also giving people in your country good jobs and economic chances that they deserve. This relationship is good for both Africa and the rest of the world. For example, Africa would gain a lot from growing its clean energy industry because it would speed up the switch to solar and wind power. Africa could add twice as many jobs in the energy field in just a few years. The region could also make enough clean energy to power itself and sell to other countries. And you can see that African leaders are very interested in tackling climate change, but it's not their main goal. If we look closely, it will be clear that the West is the main cause of today's climate problems. Even though Western countries have been involved in environmental problems in the past, now that they have developed, they want developing countries to focus on fighting climate change instead of economic growth. As was already said, the West's acts show that they don't care about Africa and are only interested in themselves. This is similar to what Lady Pandor said earlier this year. Developed countries have not kept their promises to the developing world, and they keep blaming us in the Global South. You must do A, B, and C to stop using coal, lower your emissions, and deal with climate change. These people have grown, and they had thousands of years to do it. We need to start growing and meet their needs quickly. Well... I can say no more. I can say no more. You can say you heard it. Exactly what was said. They come over the olive branch. 400 years have they been in Africa? And they've exploited, killed, murdered, slaughtered, did every fucking thing they could to these people. And now because Africa is in the 21st century and said, fuck you, and they see it's real now. And, and people are woke. See, they don't like that word, woke. But you they might as well get used to it. People woke, awaken to the fact that you motherfuckers haven't did shit for us. And now you come to us about climate change. Fuck your climate change. That's what, you know, are we stupid? We're building our economy. We're not trying to save you motherfuckers and take your little bullshit. Oh, you can build a bunch of solar panels. That ain't working for them. We got a whole goddamn continent here we can build. We can have all the super trains and every fucking thing. We have nuclear power plants. We can have all the shit. Why do we need you? And that's what they're telling us. 
You looked over us for 400 years. You missed us, maligned us, treated us like shit. Like I said, murdered all our people, stole our people from the country. We're to help with some of the traitors. Well, what they should tell me, you can take them traitors with you. They can talk to you about climate change because our country wants to develop. My people need the same thing your people have. My people want to be educated, they want to do shit, they want to be scientists, they want to be engineers, they want to be rocket scientists, they want to be all this. But you want to make them become factory workers. Talking about the uh, clean power industry. We can have that, we can do that ourselves. We can build electric cars and sell them to ourselves. We don't need to sell them to you, we can do it to ourselves. But we need to build our economies first, our cities, our infrastructures. Not what you say do. We're not done. You wait this long to do it because you see what the, the, the hair writing's on the wall. And like I said, you African countries, you better get your armies together. One helps the other. When they come, one black country sends troops to the other black country. Don't, you can't do it apart. Can't let one fall. And you sure in the fuck can't let them destroy it, like they did Libya. Earlier you heard they say how Libya is coming along. Libya ain't coming along shit. Them people are fucked over there. Libya was beautiful. They fucked it up. They destroyed it. The white man destroyed it. Yeah, Qaddafi was there. He Muslim, whatever. But he was dark. This guy. They had that. And his Arab brothers didn't do shit to help him. Nothing. None of the Muslims came to help him. That's why I'm telling y'all about that bullshit ass religion shit. They traitors and tricks to the American, to the white man, too. Like I said, most of them are white, so what's the fucking difference? And then I heard Morocco wants to help. I think Niger or Burkina Faso, one of them. Don't take that help. The ties are too close to, to Europe, and they're not there to help you. They're not there to fucking help you. Nope. Don't take it. Don't thank you, but no thank you. Besides, what they're offering, you don't need. Why don't you go all the way up to their country and do different another country to get to their country, you know, for a supply route, when you can go east or west and have friendly country? No, don't do that. Well, basically, what you're going to do, you're building your own airports, fly the shit out. You're teaching your people how to fly planes and shit. It's time for black people to do our thing. And you watch between us and the Asians how fast this world develops into something a lot better than what these white motherfuckers did with it. The time is up. Well, as I said, it's up to you folks. But it's time to do something. Because she, like I said, she came with an olive branch. They're offering you nothing after all this time. Nothing. A bunch of double speaking shit. Now you can talk to us. Since we see y'all not happy, now we're going to let y'all talk. Like one of the brothers said before, you go to these meetings in... in uh, 
The European Union, you don't get to say shit. You go to the United Nations, you don't really get to say shit. You sit there and let these motherfuckers dictate. That's all they want you to do. Sit there and listen to them tell you what you're going to do. But now, as a matter of fact, quit going. Tell the motherfuckers come see you in Africa. Build your guys in the United Nations building. That's why the continent needs to be United up under one banner. You can keep your countries. But you got a country that's going to be united up under one banner. One, one country goes, the other go. The rest of the countries go help. That's what you need. You don't need the European Union. You don't need the United Nations because they didn't do shit for you all this time. And they're sure the fuck don't intend on doing shit for you in the future. You can grow your own. You don't need shit from the world. The world needs you. Think about it, folks. It's your turn to shine. And with that, that's the end of this shit. <laughs> Sorry it took so long to forget up. Sorry about the cussing. And as I say again, make a, make a constitution and make the first part of anybody betraying the country and the people dies. No ifs, ands, and buts. Do not reform your laws after these goddamn crackers. Do not form your laws under the, like, England has their laws. Don't form it like the American laws. Form it like you know. You know your people. You form laws to, to deal with your people and any outsider that comes in, because they can die too. That's the laws you want to make, to protect your people and also to keep them in order, disciplined, so they don't know we can't do this, we shouldn't do this. Not as a dictator, as the laws of the land, the whole land. Bring representatives from all over the country. Let them vote on and sit there and get together. No special favors for nobody. You're all in it together. Once you agree, it's it. And as I said in the King of Faso, you got the equipment now, you're getting it. Run no motherfucking terrorists out your country. Kill them. Do not. Just kill them. As a matter of fact, get Niger and Mali to help you. Or whichever country is being attacked by these savages. Do not spare them. Do not spare them. Ain't no talking. Ain't no shit. Tell them to take their ass to Saudi Arabia, wherever the fuck they want to do their jihads, Iraq, Iran, wherever the fuck. Tell them to go there and try it. But, but don't, don't you take, take it. it. No, no more. No more of Africa's goddamn hunting ground for the white motherfuckers. Let them hunt on their own ground. I'll take care now. Share. Believe. Inspire. Laxby.